Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, MD family. Good morning, family. Great to see you here. I saw so many names flying by. You just fly by. Thank you for being a part of this. As this year is flying by, so your names are flying by. So Roy, thank you for being here. Neil, thank you. Keith, Cheryl, Greg, thank you for being here. Part of Facebook family, and YouTube family, whatever other platforms we eventually add this to. But thank you for being a part of the MD family. This morning devotion family doing life together and welcome this Wednesday, May the 5th, pain, the gift nobody wants. What a subject today prompted in part by something I said yesterday that I couldn't get away from. But welcome this Wednesday. I hope you have a great Wednesday night. Um, We're having first Wednesday at First Church And if you're part of this family, I'd love for you to be a part of that. So thank you for being a part. Like, share, follow the page. You know the drill. You know the drill in this pivotal day in which we're living in this hour, in this moment, in this time. We gather together, encourage one another, and just see what God is doing in our midst. Now, I overwhelmed you yesterday with way too many lists. I'm going to back off today. Besides, I'm really in a less analytical mode and more of a reflective one this morning. Had quite a morning. Wow, what a morning. Just thinking about the goodness of God, thanking him for his goodness. Have you ever noticed that thinking precedes thanking? Thoughtfulness leads to thankfulness. When I think about the Lord. Oh, you remember that song? Shout to the Lord when I think about the Lord. That's, that's something about it. it. makes my heart want to shout for the goodness of God. My heart's just been full this morning. We've just been praising God and thanking God for all of the great things that he has done in our lives. And that's not to minimize. It's not to overlook the pain many people are experiencing right now, the suffering, the difficulties in their families, and um, we'll be making some announcements on Brother Larry Mo- Porter's memorial service soon. But just want you to keep people in prayer. And thank you for leaving the prayer request, sharing this with others, and just drawing more people into this devotion family. So take a moment, like the page, share the page, follow the page, share this with others. Maybe those that are going through something right now, maybe a chronic condition in their lives, and they're just trying to get through this and get beyond it and grow from it. Uh, that's what we're here for, to encourage one another daily growth and daily prayer, and just to see the hand of the Lord in this land of the living. Amen. It was yesterday in morning's devotion, I paraphrase, I just mentioned it off the cuff, comment by C.S. Lewis, but even in the paraphrase, I just couldn't get away from it last night and all this morning. And uh, after a strenuous day of moving and cleaning yesterday, oh my, I was looking for an aspirin. I really, I picked up a bottle of aspirin and it read right at the top, pain relief. And I thought, yeah, I think that's what we all want is pain relief. Can I get a witness out there? Angie, Karen, Wellis. Yeah, 
just paid relief. And so we get a series of thoughts that I just want to share with you today about how we human beings normally seek relief from pain. And that's what Lewis was saying. I quoted or paraphrased it yesterday. Let me give you the full quote. C.S. Lewis once wrote, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. Pain is the megaphone, his megaphone, to rouse a deaf world. In other words, God uses pain. Yes, he does. But pain is the gift nobody wants. We, we know God's a giving God, and we, we love that he gives good gifts to his children, but pain is one of those gifts that always leaves unwrapped. We, we will abandon that gift. Why the pain? You only need to go to Genesis 3.18 for that question to be answered. Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And in that verse, the earth was cursed with thorns and thistles, sharp points, cutting leaves. Jesus, of course, would wear that curse, wear a crown of thorns, pain. Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh, pain. That pain was the result of man's sin, man's fall in the garden. But somehow, like the Lord, you got to wear pain as a crown. Paul viewed pain in a different light. It was more than just a hurtful force. It was a helpful grace. His grace was sufficient. No person, no ordinary person, I mean no person without a personality disorder likes pain. <laughs> no, What people of faith, though, realize and have for some time is pain comes for a season. And in that season, it will serve a higher purpose. Would you let me share some of the thoughts that I've been thinking here in the MD family? We're not doctors. We're not prescribing medicine. We're just seeking answers along life's way and journeying through this moment into a hopefully brighter future. It was early in my ministry, I came across two books written by Dr. Paul Brown. I believe the co-author was uh, Yancey. And they are, to this day, two of my favorite Christian books, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, published in 1980, and In His Image, published in 1983. Dr. Paul Brown used his medical skills and insights to share the intricacies of the creature made in God's image and how our bodies point to the creator. Fascinating reads from 40 years ago. But it was the book published a dozen years later that really captivated me. In fact, I borrowed its title for this devotion, Pain, the Gift Nobody Wants. That line is so powerful to me, for there's so much hidden in that. Paul Brand had a unique take on this. And today, if you'll let me, I want to share a little of his story. You see, Brand was raised on the mission field. He was the son of missionaries raised in Tamil Nadu, India, uh, where he witnessed the privations that only come in extreme conditions, malaria, dysentery, leprosy. When he was 15, Brand's father died of blackwater fever, only later discovered to be an extreme complication of malaria. His mother remained in the mission field, and there she would stay until she was 95 years of age. Brand was sent to UK, to the UK, to live with his aunts, 
and uh, there for his education. He was trained in medicine, became a surgeon during the London Blitz when the Luftwaffe systematically tried to destroy London in the Second World War. After the war, he went to India to work in a Christian medical missionary hospital. And for 20 years, he he, he studied Hansen's disease, what we know as leprosy. It would become his passion. And when he came to the States in 1966, he worked at the Hansen's Disease Center in Carville, Louisiana, at the time the only hospital devoted in the States to the study of leprosy. It was Brand who discovered something so incredibly important about this disease. It's not the disease that causes hands and feet to lose fingers or toes. It's the loss of sensation that the nerves are damaged, affected with this disease. They can't sense pain. And without pain, people with this sickness injure, hurt themselves, cut themselves, burn themselves, and don't realize it. And that's where Brand realized pain can be a gift, a gift to tell us when something's wrong. And isn't that something that all of us need to hear? There's a, there's a verse in Job that touches my heart. You know the story of Job. He's lost his family, he's lost his wealth, lost his dignity, lost his health. But listen to Job 6.10. And listen to, listen to Job when he says, at least I can take comfort in this. Despite the pain, I have not denied the words of the Holy One. Pain would have pushed mo- most people away from God, but Job, Job's trust and faith were so strong. Pain drew him nearer to God, and this is where pain becomes the gift. He found comfort despite the pain in turning to God. Pain, you see, is a gold-plated invitation into the presence of the Almighty God. It's the open door into his world. It's an opportunity to see him and to learn of him. Paul, Betty, Christy, how, do you, how does that make you feel? That when you're going through a trial and when you're in pain and when you're sighing and groaning and crying, that that becomes the invitation to turn your eyes toward Jesus. You see, Jesus was called the man of sorrows. That's Isaiah's description of him, the man of sorrow in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Can I read it to you in the Jewish Bible, from the Jewish Bible, because it's a little different take on the man of sorrows. Here's how it reads. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of pains and acquainted with disease. And as one from men whom hide their face, he was despised, we esteemed him not. Surely our diseases he did bear and our pains he carried. Whereas we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement of our welfare was upon him with with his stripes. We are healed. When you read that, the man of pains carried our pain. And he transformed that pain into healing. And isn't that that the lesson we need to know that pain is going to come? The thorns and thistles are spread all across this sin-cursed world. Problems happen. Suffering appears. Setbacks and problems will multiply. But somehow, you and I have got to take that pain and we've got to weave those thorns into a crown. 
And we've got to turn suffering into shalom and praise and peace. God spoke through Zechariah in chapter one. There's a phrase he used. They help forward the affliction. In the context, it's not used positively. Basically, it means to prolong the pain. But, you know, morning devotion group, Winnie, Kirk, Wilma, Kenny, Mike, listen, I, I believe that our job is to learn to turn pain into praise. Yes. Our job is to learn to forward the affliction. That's the phrase, forward the affliction that Zechariah used, forward it. In other words, don't let it rest. Don't let it stay, but carry it forward through the assembly process where that affliction becomes worship. And when pain comes, don't let it drag you backwards. Forward the affliction. Let it draw you into the future. Let it have its perfect work. In other words, when life gives you a kick, let it kick you forward. Amen. Amen. Let Go forward with this. Forget the past. Forward the affliction. Don't envy others. Forward the affliction. Trust God, forward the affliction, go forward, set your gaze on the eastern sky, move toward a new day. This is living in the present tense, recognizing that God's going to help you and that nothing that's happening to you, he didn't see in advance and decide, I can use that pain. I can transform that pain into a miracle. I can use it to draw you into the presence of the almighty God. Let pain do what pain does best, bring you to the presence of God. Most people would do the, uh, modern people the, would translate the Beatitudes in sort of this vernacular, happy are the pushers they get on in the world, happy are the hard boiled, they never let life hurt them, happy are those that complain, they're always going to get their way in the end, happy are the blasé, for they never worry over their sins, happy are, are the taskmasters, they're going to get results, happy are the knowledgeable men of the world, and they know their way around, happy are the troublemakers, for people have to take notice of them. But this is what Jesus Christ, I'm going to read from the Phillips translation. Let me give you some of the Beatitudes from the words of Jesus. Happy are those who realize their spiritual poverty. They've already entered the kingdom of reality. Happy are they who bear the share of the world's pain, for in the long run, they'll know more happiness than those who avoid it. Happy are those who accept life and their own limitations. They will find more in life than anybody. Happy are those who are ready to make allowances and to forgive, for they will know the love of God. Happy are those who are real in their thoughts and feelings. In the end, they will see the ultimate reality, God. Happy are those who help others to live together. They will be known to be doing God's work. But let me go back to that one verse. One verse. Happy are those who bear the share of the world's pain, because in the long run, They're going to know more happiness than those who avoided the pain. Somehow, somehow in bearing the pain, 
is the becoming. As we bear pain and endure afflictions and hardships, we not only become more like Jesus, we grow happier, more content, more joyful. You see, that's what struck Dr. Paul Brand when he's doing the London Blitz, ministering to those hurt by bombs and shrapnel and collapsing buildings and the like. He said there was such a buoyancy. In fact, 60% of the people who lived during that time of those Londoners who were living amidst the falling bombs would years later say it was the happiest moment of their life. They were more connected to people. Brand would go to India. He noticed a different kind of joy, not buoyancy, but a dignity and a satisfaction learning that no pain comes to us, is a stranger to God, that he saw it first, he bore it, so can we. And we too can weave our thorns into a crown. It was Augustine who once said, everywhere a greater joy is preceded by a greater suffering. Now, I want you to think about that. The greatest joy is on the other side of great pain. I don't know if it's the recent surge of the virus in India. We've been there many, many times. And I'm so concerned. I ask you to pray. I always had a love in my heart for that nation. I love its people, the dignity of the people, the strength, the diversity. I love Indian food too. Yes, I'll, I'll admit it. But praying for them, praying that God would bless them and keep them during this time, during this difficult situation. It's spreading all over the Indian subcontinent right now, Bangladesh other places. But early this morning, I I was thinking about last December. In fact, it was five months ago today that Tessie and I started showing symptoms of this virus. We didn't go to church the following Sunday. We started treatments. And for the first few days, we were okay. But then we struggled to breathe and the weakness and the high fevers and the chills. And we had some pretty rough days, pretty rough days. And then I'd hear a knock at the door and Lucy Pacheco had brought some soup and a day or so later and another knock and Donna Sidlow had delivered some food and Dee and Jan and throughout those days, the texts, the social media posts, the phone calls that we just didn't even have the strength to answer. Hey, Ken, Tessie, we're praying. Pastor, Sister Gurley, we're praying. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We did. I go back and look at some of those devotions I gave during that time. I couldn't hardly breathe. And I. But when we began to regain strength and we tested clear of it, oh, the preciousness of realizing it was over and how near and dear people were to us. Christmas last year was the best Christmas ever, bar none, because we realized how precious that time was. And how precious and countless were the times and the laughter and the simple act of just being together. I would want to weep for joy because the pain had brought a new perspective that life is short. Make it count. Stay close together. The difficulty of those days only magnified the joy when it was over. Roasting marshmallows around a fire, marshmallows that I couldn't taste. But they were the best days ever because this is what pain does. It awakens you to who and what God is in your life and to what others are in your lives. To repeat Augustine, everywhere a greater joy is preceded by a greater suffering. That when you come through great trials and through great pain, 
on the other side of it all, there is something beautiful. Amen. Mary, Mike, I hope you've experienced it. Rodney, Lonnie, I hope you've experienced it during this day. It was the anthem of the pandemic, the blessing, based on the ironic blessing commanded to be given to God's people by the high priest. The lines of the song that we sang throughout last year, may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Oh my, the chorus was a simple repeated, amen, 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 amen. It was sung countless times last year and it gave hope, hope that would be that there would be a thousand generations, that the future was not as bleak as it was painted. Yet I go back 20 years ago in the anthem for another time in our nation's history, 9-11. It was a different song. We just experienced the unthinkable. That experience had laid this nation low and across this nation, people reeling from pain. Pain became anger and after 20 years, we're still fighting. But there was a song that became the anthem of those days. It was written by Greg Long called In the Waiting, In the Waiting. Can I can I share with you the lyrics? Some of you may remember this song, Pain, the gift nobody longs for. Still it comes and somehow leaves us stronger when it gone, when it's gone away. Pray, pray. I pray for your will to be done, but I confess it's never fast enough for me. It seems the hardest part is waiting on you when what I really want is just to see your hand move. And then the chorus, I want a peace beyond my understanding. I want to feel it fall like rain in the middle of my hurting. I want to feel your arms as they surround me and let me know it's okay to be here in this place, resting in the peace that only comes in the waiting. Today, you may be in the waiting room trying to sort out a pain that's come to you, what it means to you, what it means about you. You may be in a place where you think everybody's against you, the whole world's against you, but wait on God. God does amazing things with pain. It's not what we want. But God knows just what we need. We avoid pain, rightfully so. But pain can be a gift to remind us that God has been mighty, mighty, mighty good. I'd never pray pain on people, but I pray for people who are in pain to find the gift of waiting on God, seeing God, and seeing God do a work that he does at no other time in your life. Betty, Brenda, Kim, thank you for being a part of this today. Scott, I, 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 I wish you would just leave a prayer request. Encourage one another. Share with someone else. Pain is the gift nobody wants. But I know that in the midst of pain, it is that gold-plated invitation to the throne of God. May God bless you. May God be with you. Look forward to seeing many of you tonight, first Wednesday. And look forward to seeing all of the rest of you tomorrow morning. And may God bless you today. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.